Welcome to Local SEO Today. On this podcast, John Fong interviews business professionals and entrepreneurs in many fields to uncover challenges and successes in business ownership. Our goal is to provide you with insights into the entrepreneurship journey and give you tips and advice from real experience. Brought to you by Local SEO Search based in Toronto, Canada. Thank you for tuning in to Local SEO Today. Don't forget to subscribe and share this episode. Joining me today is the owner of Contrast UX Studio. He helps businesses get great results for sales and conversions with his cutting edge design and storytelling. Thanks for joining me today, Segi. Hey, thank you so much for having me, man. It's going to be fun because we had a great conversation uh, not too long ago. Yes. I was a part of your podcast. So now we're just uh, paying back, paying yeah. it forward, right? Yeah, so, yeah. I love that. I love that. And, um, and I, I guess by the time this comes out, your episode will be out as well. So people can just enjoy like these two episodes, which I guess, you know, will have like different kind of content in them, but still a lot of value. So exactly. double value. It's- it's, it's all about perspectives. And I feel right. now I would love to shine the spotlight on you to share and tell the listeners about a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, how you got to where you are today. <laughs> sure, man. Sure. Thank you. And um, I'll, I'll try to make it as short as possible. Um, I, was, I came up as a UX designer, as a UI UX designer. Some people call it product designer. Um, basically, it all started when I wanted to go into graphic design. And I, um, it was 14 years ago. And um, I was working in sales uh, just at the beginning, beginning of my career um, here in Israel, after we have, we have three, uh, three years of the army. So you have to go to the army. And after that, what most people do is after the army, they go and take a long break. Like they work a bit. And then after that, they fly out usually to Southeast Asia or to South America. And we travel, we just travel. We see the world a bit, experience different cultures. And then we come back and then we then only decide what we want to do. So when the rest of the world is at 18 years old, you know, they start their way in college and everything. We actually start Start that at about age 23, 24. Um, so um, only at age 24 did I actually like start thinking, okay, like, I guess I'll study design. And, you know, I always drew. I was kind of like this guy who draws the, you know, um, the, the school yearbooks and stuff. And so um, what I did is I just, um, I wanted to get into graphic design, but uh, a lot of people told me there's no money in graphic design, man. And um, I was like, okay, so I'll test the waters. And so before I got into graphic design school, I said, I, I just um, announced on my sales job that I'm leaving, took a 30 day um, notice, like obviously to leave the job. And in those 30 days, I studied graphic design in my parents' uh, basement where I lived. So uh, it was kind of like that, that first time that I did something that later I would see I'm doing again and again in my career and as an entrepreneur, and I bet you've done it too, which is called commit first, carry out later. So I committed to just leaving the job and to just, you know, just learning on the way. I said, you know, I'll learn graphic design. I'll just start. I don't know how. I don't know how I'll get there. Uh, yeah, I might not have a job for a while, but, you know, F it. Like, you only live once, right? So um, I did that. And uh, after 30 days, left my sales job. And I got my first job as a graphic designer. Uh, basically, it's kind of like an intern in the studio. Uh, and that's where my graphic design kind of thing started. Um, fast forward uh, a couple of years later, um, I 
I, I didn't stay for long in that specific studio i became a freelance about two months later since then i've been a freelance started graphic design uh in uh one of israel's top design school and um when i was about to finish the design school i was already creating websites on my own i learned wordpress php a bit of coding html css um and i also started working just a bit with products like digital products like which is a bit more than websites you know applications and stuff and um and that's when I finished design school with already five years of experience, kind of, you know, like um, I already knew what I was doing. Right. And I finished school. And while the rest of my people in, in college were just um, just, you know, finishing their degree and have no experience and nobody in the market wants them, I was already getting a lot of job offers. So that was a great thing for me. The only thing is I was happy as a freelance. Um, and what I did is I launched a blog. I launched an Israeli blog for design. Um, so that was 2011. And then um, that became Israel's most popular design blog, which is one of my main businesses today. Um, so 2011, got my first uh, offer from Fiverr.com as the first designer at Fiverr.com. Uh, the blog made that happen. So to anybody who's like out there thinking, maybe I should create a personal brand. I don't know if to blog or to create content. Well, heck yes, obviously create content because you never know who is who's listening to that content. Apparently at Fiverr.com, back then a small startup with only a few millions of users, um, uh, just there were only 30 people, very small, the north of Israel. Um, and they just, you know, some somebody there saw me and like some one of my content uh, pieces and they said, okay, let's get Sagi in here for an interview. And um, I became the first designer at Fiverr.com in the company. Um, after that, I started my own startup. I said, okay, I want to, I want to do my own thing. And, um, and I joined a few partners. We formed our own startup. And then after that, we got accepted to Upwest Labs, which is an accelerator for startups at Silicon Valley. So, you know, it's funny, but it's always like that where the people that the founders from my startup, they found me as well, um, online where I produce content about my work on some kind of platform called Dribble, And, and so again, content got me there, right? Um, and uh, met me with those people. And after that, we just had an amazing ride doing startup, the startup world, being in Silicon Valley, driving every morning to the office at Palo Alto. Um, every morning also, if a mentor came from Google, from Facebook, like from different kinds of companies, that was great. And then um, eight months later, we were already back in Israel and we got acquired by another company called Similar Web. Um, and uh, we just started working there at key roles. I became design director at Similar Web. Some people, if, if you come from the SEO or marketing world, you might know this company, but if you don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, Similar Web also, we, we were just 50 people when I started, but um, two and a half years later, we were already 350 people and the growth was massive. And I already was managing seven designers in the whole operation of the design company. Um, and in that phase, I started another blog, a design blog, international one this time, Pixel, per Pixel Perfect, my Israeli design blog uh, took off, already had sponsors. And then I launched another blog, an international one. Um, and that's where I started a podcast and really took off uh, back in 2014, 15, you know, podcasting was a was a thing, you know, a new novel thing. And uh, it took off really well. Um, and that made me leave my day job eventually at SimilarWeb. Um, to go and, uh, and, and do my blogs full-time and develop my own thing. So for my story really begins though, <laughs> uh, this is just the backstory, but my story really begins a year after I left my day job. Because once I left SimilarWeb, 
I'm thinking, I'm going back. Okay, Fiverr was a day job. My startup thing was we had investment. So, I mean, we had like funding. So it wasn't really like, you know, I had, you know, so much like skin in the game. I was taking my own salary, right? And then uh, it wasn't a salary like Fiverr or a similar web, but it was definitely just a salary. To, I, I got by with no problem. Um, and then um, after, after that, similar web was an amazing salary. It was great, you know, like... I had no problems. And also I had money coming in for my two side projects, Pixel Perfect and Hacking UI, which is one, one, my international design blog. But then when I left SimilarWeb, that was the first time, first time I was like a street cat, you know, like first time, like you're out there, you're alone, like, okay, now you need to monetize. And, and I was actually not even, I, I'm telling you, like the, the word monetization was not even in my lexicon. Like I, I wasn't really thinking about it that way. I'm just like, yeah, we're making money. We're having sponsors, cool. That's just like, objectivity, the thing that we thought, my partner and I in that blog, we just thought maybe if we could be those cool kids that work 100% on our blog in cafes all day in Tel Aviv, in Israel, um, then then we can just get by. We'll just, you know, because obviously we got a lot of, we got, um, the year before we left, we had 66K as a side project in the blog from sponsorships and, and this kind of stuff. And then we said, well, now if we work on it full time, not just the side project, how much can we make? Maybe 200K and, and that would be, you know, a nice income for both of us. And uh, well, that was a stupid thought because we had no plan. So we just said, okay, let's launch an online course. We launched an online course, first online course ever, you know, how, probably how that is. And it, it's just not a big launch and it took us a lot of months and uh, those months cost money. And um, after a year, I found myself in debt, like crazy debt. And uh, my partner and I, we had, we were already fighting all the time. Um, besides being crazy in debt already, because um, we couldn't monetize, we couldn't pull a salary. My partner was was great; he didn't have any problem. Um, you know, he saved up a lot of the money. I didn't save up. I never saved up uh, because I had like two kids, and we just bought an apartment while I was at Similar Web. So basically, I had no savings. Um, and uh, and then I got in the red, so I took a loan, wasted that loan in three months, and uh, so basically in the May 2016, that was the time where I remember like one night I'm just we couldn't monetize. I am about back then I was like about um, 30k in debt. I didn't know, but I was actually 50k in debt because um, a few months later came a letter from the IRS saying I also owned them a lot of money, um, and. Um, but for me, I was like 30K in debt. And I was never in such a debt. In the red, two weeks from when the credit cards get um, get cleared. And uh, in Israel, we don't have credit cards. We have debit cards. So that means like money comes off your bank account, whether you're in the red or you're, done, or you're not. It doesn't matter. Like you're, getting, you're just going more in the red. Um, and um, and I, w- I didn't know how to monetize. I didn't know how I'm going to make my next dollar. So that was, a, that was a tough situation. I was just walking my dog one night. And I just, you know, I felt trapped. I was like, I, I left my day job at Similar Web, an amazing salary, an amazing opportunity, an amazing role. Um, I had everything going, uh, two very successful side projects to be an entrepreneur. Like, and, and, and right now, I just, I wanted to have more time with my family, more time with my wife, more time with my kids. Back then, I already two kids already. And I, I was finding myself working my ass off and dealing with a partner that we always fought because he wanted me also to work all the time. While my wife never saw me or my kids, I was just working more than I was actually at SimilarWeb. And I was not even making 
money. I was actually like just you know not making money. So I was a failure. To, I felt like a failure to to myself, to my partner, to my wife, to my kids, to my community. Um, and so, how old were you then, Segi? Like five old, years. Thirty. I, I was. Uh, that was about uh, five years ago, and um, it was two thousand. Not 17. Oh, sorry. That was 2017. 2017. So 2017. Uh, yeah, it was like four years ago. So yeah, I was 34. Okay. So you're 34, 34 two young yeah. children, just got a apartment and you're now in debt and you didn't know where your next paycheck is going to be. You're pretty much yeah, yeah. And the apartment a I got like a consultant and yeah. you're visible because your wife is not happy. Your best yeah. friend is not happy. Your side yeah. friend. And right. You have no idea where you want to go with what yeah. next, right? Okay. I don't know how to monetize myself. And, okay. and I, I thought about taking freelance clients because it was already like, you know, I, was, I knew I was in the red. I was like, I need freelance clients. But my partner was like, yo, Sagi, like, you can't take on clients. Like, it's not fair. Like, I'm not taking on clients. Why are you taking on clients? Like, we should find a way to monetize. This ship is going down with us in it or, or we just both jump off, you know? And, um, and I... I've, the thing that followed me back then, and I don't, I don't know if, if that helps anybody over here, but I had the feeling, Sagi, you don't know what it's like to be a real entrepreneur. You want to be a real entrepreneur. Real entrepreneurs go down with the ship if they need to, and, and, and then they learn and rebuild themselves. But I was already feeling like I was down with the ship. You know, just my partner was, and he didn't have any problem because he saved up and everything. So he could live a lot of months without salary. But I was just really, really badly in financial in, in, in in the worst financial spot I've ever been in. And um, I just, uh, so I was walking the dog outside and I was just like, it was a cool breeze night. Weather was great. It's like clear sky, you see the stars. And I'm like, why with all this beauty am I not feeling free? Like, why am I feeling so fucking trapped? And I had this, sorry for swearing. I don't know if you guys, <laughs> if you have swear <laughs> words. But then, and I was like, I was saying like, you know, kind of like equations, like you've seen the movie, like around me, like, how do I mind that? Maybe I should do this or maybe I should do that. And my head couldn't stop running, like and running. And like, maybe I should do this. Make sure to do that. Ah, oh, I'm a fucking failure. I'm, I'm da, 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 da. And then eventually um, what happened was I just started crying. Just like broke down, was crying. My dog probably didn't understand what I was doing because he never saw me do that. <laughs> uh, and I was just like, I, was, I didn't know what to do. I just broke down. And um, I remember just like after like a minute or two, I was just catching myself. I'm like, well, yeah, it's like, like yeah, you, you're crying. What does that mean? Like, is it what you, <laughs> it's great, right? Put, just get out of your system. But what the F are you going to do about it now? That's exactly what was going through my mind. I think that thought alone changed everything. Because when I said that, what the F are we going to do about it? That's when I really said, okay, I have what to do. Like I can do something about it. And what I decided is to call up the entrepreneurs that I know and I appreciate. And um, I'm sorry, I'm just going on a tangent, like, you know, just <laughs> talking so much, but I hope it's okay. Um, yeah, no, this is great. All right. um, and, um, and then I was... Um, I, I called up a few entrepreneurs, uh, amongst them is Jason Zook. I don't know if you know him, uh, is, is like, he has a huge community. He was also kind of like, he built a business, was in debt and got out of debt, everything like that. But, but he's a really big deal, like, um, in the U S and, um, I called him up and, um, and he actually got in like a two hour zoom call with me just to help me out. Like, um, and, and, um, 
and he gave me a lot of advice. One of them was like, maybe it's time to leave your partner, like make hard choices and restart yourself. And that was the day where I told my partner I'm quitting. <clears throat> the next thing was I, I said, I need a coach. And um, I called up a coach that I actually said no to before, complete mistake, <clears throat> who I read his book. His name was Calvin Wayman. And um, I, I read his book which is called Fish Out of Water, by the way. And I recommend that to everyone here. If you want to get- Can you repeat in. the book again? Yeah, it's called Fish Out of Water. Fish Out of Water, okay. Fish Out of Water by Calvin Wayman. An amazing book, really. Um, and uh, it, it completed, when I read that book, um, I actually listened to an interview with him on, on Johnny Dumas's Entrepreneurs on Fire podcast. So after listening to the EO Fire podcast with him, um, I was like, this guy's an amazing storyteller and he has an amazing story. He was in debt, you know, he got coached, he, he pulled through and I read his book and his book was even more amazing. And I was like, wow, like these are so many things that I, I really feel right now. And I, so I reached out to him on Facebook, um, eventually said, listen, man, like I, and that was six months before that day when I broke down and cried, that was six months before I was already in, in a bit of trouble back then. I saw the, you know, I saw the train going in the wrong way, but I was not doing anything about it. Um, and he said, look, man, like we can talk here. And like we got on the call and he said, we can talk, but I can coach you and I can help you. But back then I wasn't ready for it. I, I said, and, and this guy, he cost a lot of money and um, like thousands of dollars. And um, I, I never took a coach before. So I consulted with some of my family and my friends, including my partner. And everybody was like, well, is he a real coach? Like the, the certified coach? Um, does he have like, like, how many people has he coached before? Um, he, he wants a lot of money. Do you know that like, does he even know what Israel finances are like? Like, can he really help you? Um, and also, like, you know, in Israel, you can get someone from just like a fraction of that price. And this this guy would not sit with you over like Skype or Zoom. This guy would actually sit with you in coffee house here in Israel, just meet with you face face to face for like an hour, an hour and a half. And, and cabin sessions were like just half an hour every week. And um, I was like, you, you guys are probably right. My gut feeling said it's it's a problem. Like, I need to take Calvin on. My gut feeling, but my mind and everything that was fed were just like, this is completely wrong. Just don't do it. It doesn't make any rational sense. So I told Kelvin, no, six months later, I'm finding myself calling Kelvin again. <laughs> and I'm like, Kelvin, listen, man, like, I, I really need your help. I have no money to pay you, actually. I'm actually like right now in crazy debt. But, you know, I, I just really, I don't know what to say. And, um, and Kelvin was like, remember when I told you my process will double? And I said, yes. So my process have doubled. And right now we can talk, but it won't help you. I can coach you. So it's your choice. And that was very cold. That was very cold. Um, you know, and I was like, what? Like, I mean, like Jason just gave me two hours, like, you know, friend, like, um, and I don't, I'm not saying like Kelvin probably would have helped me with two hours, but you know what? Like he said, if you really want help, you need guidance, man. And so I said, yes, I did it again. I committed first without knowing how I'm going to pull it through. It was money I didn't have. It was already in red. And I paid thousands of dollars to Kelvin um, and flew him out to Israel. And Kelvin came here to Israel. And, he, and, and that's when we started my journey. That was about uh, four years ago now, um, May 2017. Or yeah, end of May 2017. That was when my story really started, I think. That's when my epiphany, you know, happened. Um, and yeah, I don't know if you want to stop here for a second or. Uh, oh yeah. Like this is great. <laughs> like, and this is good in terms of perspective, right? And your journey is everything. It's your life story. 
And to give you all the listeners a perspective, like people in Israel, people like everyone else, they have different ways to get to what they feel as, as an entrepreneur or a business owner. You've had a great career. You had great ability to have a job, find a good, you know, stable job. And not only that, you were able to travel, which is abundance of choice, yeah. right? Coming yeah. from the ability to have choice, to have freedom, money, <laughs> to then going in the red, at least a lot of people has, you know, a, an idea of what it's like. If you had the ability to earn a lot, to then go to zero, that's when you really feel like you have the ability to earn again, right? You could easily yeah. go back and work at Silicon Valley. You could easily get another job, but you at that point, you know, maybe now you can share it with the audience numbers. Like, what did you do to overcome that? And how was the mentor? How was Calvin? And really, like, what what does it look like today for you? Yeah, I mean, so, you know, it, you're totally right. And um, I remember I did the math. One of the things that I said was maybe I should just leave this entrepreneurship thing back then and um, and just get a job. Like, if I get a job, I can get probably, like, you know, would be nice so it can start from like uh let's say 30k israeli which is about like let's say about like if i get like 10k a month uh that would not even begin to cover my debt because i was spending a lot of money every month as well with like two kids and in uh each both of them were in private like we're small very small uh um like, uh, three years old and one year old and so they're like in private daycares and um that that costs like just another lot more this year in israel and so we are spending so much money in my family household and i was just not prepared for that so i said even if i get a job it's going to take me years to get out of this shithole that i mean right now and um and i don't want a job you know i don't like um so yeah so calvin was the last resort kind of like hiring a coach right i are like the big cannons like and i said if that doesn't work you know and i paid all those thousands of dollars at least I know, and that followed me, that's something that I, at least I had in my, like, now I'm going to follow my gut feeling. And at least I live a life of, I'd rather live a life of oh wells than what ifs. And that's something that I said, like, what if I don't hire Calvin? Because I had that what if when I first didn't hire him. I had that for six months. And then I was in the red. Am I going to have that what if all my rest of my life? You know, when I, when I maybe have to get a day job and have to pay debt like crazy and I'm going to live in like a miserable life for a couple of years, or am I going to say, oh, well, it just didn't work out, you know, but at least I knew I tried. And that's what I did. And, um, and so uh, when, I, when I flew him out, um, and I remember we met in Tel Aviv and uh, it was like a hot, hot day in May. Um, sorry, very hot here in May already, uh, crazy hot. And uh, we sat down in coffee shop below my office and we just like kind of like talk, got to know each other. Um, and after that, we just went up to the office. We sat at this like office that I rented and a uh, very small office, just, you know, just the light barely coming in through the, through the glass. Um, very like we, we kept the light off just to cool down a bit. And, um, and he's like, okay, Sagi, like, so let's start. Let's, let's build your vision. And I'm like, vision? What? <laughs> uh, he's like, yeah, let's build your vision. Let, let's, start, let's start doing it. And we did a, a meditation of, uh, I got a meditation of me, like imagining myself in 10 years. And then after that, we did um, a vision for two years. And then we got to the real, the real deal. He's like, okay, Sagi, six months from now, and everybody, by the way, you can do this practice. Like if you're listening to this episode right now, I, I urge you stop right now, pause, 
get a pen and paper and do this, what I'm doing right now. Okay. It's like, okay. So in six months from now, you wake up super effing proud of yourself. Can't wait to start the day. You are full of energy, full of light. You're just crushing it. You're so pumped. You're so just amazing. Like you're, you're in awe. You're grateful for everything that you had going on in the past six months. So much you've accomplished, man. And it's just a normal day. So what do you have going on in life now? Just imagine. And I'm like, wow. So basically what he was asking me is like, and what I'm, if, if you guys are doing this exercise right now, it's how do you feel if you're so proud of yourself? How do you feel when you're so accomplished? How do you feel when you're so just, you know, grateful for everything you have at the moment? And imagine that in six months. And now think in order for you to feel that, what do you have? Like, you know, what have you achieved? What have you done? And, um, and I started writing down like the things that I, I just imagined. If you guys are writing it right now, just write it down. Just write it down in bullets. What do you have going on? And um, he had me tied to feelings. So basically after that, you have to go through that bullet list and write out, um, I feel proud and amazed to have an amazing relationship with my wife going on date nights um, once a week at least. Uh, so those are the kind of things that I, I wrote down things with my family, things with my wife, things with my business. And you have to be super, super accurate, super accurate with numbers, with um, the, every bullet should be a bullet of a yes or a no. If I come to you in like six months and ask you like, hey, have you done it? And you can say yes or no, like very clear, right? Achievable, um, clear um, goal. And I wrote a couple of things down. I wrote a lot of things down, but between everything, besides also clearing a lot of time for my kids and my family, my wife, there was two things, uh, three things that I wrote down. I wrote down one, I'm going to make at least, um, it was, um, it was, I'm going to make 50K in six months from now. I would be really freaking happy if I make 50K um, Israeli shekels a month. And 50K Israeli shekels a month is about kind of like 14K US dollars, like 14K US dollars, let's say. Um, maybe like 14 and a half. And then, um, and then the second thing I wrote down, and I never made that. I never made like 14K. Like I never made five figures as, an, as, a, as a freelance. Um, so just saying, putting it out there. No, I mean, in, even in my, in my J job, I didn't, I didn't make like 14K a month. And uh, I said, if I make that in six months from now, wow, like that, I'll be in such a good spot. Like that would be amazing for me. And then I said, if I also make, um, so if I, if I do that, um, I'm also going to open a community. And I'm open a community, not for designers this time, but for entrepreneurs, for people that are also having their own businesses and they want to crush it. And I'm going to help them build their vision. I want to help them succeed. And that was the second bullet. And the third one was, if I have those things going on for me that I just wrote down, that means that I'm, I've made it. That means I've made it in six months. That would be so amazing that I would appear... I would actually be booked already, not already appeared on, but booked already to be appeared on one popular podcast, either Pat Flynn's Smart Passive Income or John Lee Dumas's EO Fire. I wrote those two names down, Pat Flynn and John Lee Dumas. Those are the two names I wrote. I wrote that down on a piece of paper, May 2017. Um, and lo and behold, it was pretty crazy. Um, obviously, there was a lot of um, ups and downs in those six months. 
But at the first month already, the thing that happened is I reached 55,000 Israeli shekels, which is about like 16K in one month. In the same month, we started working. And I was like, whoa, like, what just happened? You know? and, um, and, and then I said, okay, if I, if I just reached that much, I just crossed the goal. How about if I double it? And what I did is, uh, do you know the story with Jim Carrey and the check? No. No? Oh, it's, so Jim Carrey comes to Hollywood. Nobody knows him, right? Um, he came to Hollywood just to live there, just moved there. It doesn't, nobody knows him. He's not famous. He's not even like, he's not working as an actor. Like nobody knows who he is, but he says, I want to be an actor. I want to be famous. And um, what he did is, uh, I think it was, I don't remember exactly the exact year, something like 1988 or something like that. He wrote himself a check for about like six to eight years, something like that. Um, and it was a $10 million check. Now I'm, I'm, I'm saying Jim Carrey totally broke writing a $10 million check to himself and put it in his wallet and wrote it for 1994 uh, for acting services rendered. He put it in his wallet and walked around all these years with a check in his wallet. And every day he used to go up to the hills and just sit on his car and just like imagine and visualize himself as a successful actor that everybody wants to work with. Now, 1994 comes along. Jim Carrey closed the part at Ace Ventura and signed Dumb and Dumber. Just made 10 million, exactly 10 million at the time of 1994 that he wrote a check to. Crazy story, right? Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. It's just, and it's totally 100% real. And so what if I write myself a check for like five months? Because already like a month passed, I made like that much. I upped my, my, uh, my, my goal. Like, uh, what if I make 100K Israeli shekels? For me, that was like, pff, I never even dreamt of, I never knew anybody who made 100K in one month. I was like, I don't care if it's like Nido or Bruto. Like, I, I, I just want to make like, you know, just have invoices for, for 100K. But what I did is I wrote myself a check for 100K Israeli shekels, which is about like 28 to 30K USD. I wrote it down um, and, and, and I put it on my fridge. I just put the check up on my fridge. I wrote it for the first of the first 2018. Just put it on the fridge. I forgot it. You know, other magnets covered it with time, like other papers, my kids' drawings. Like I didn't, I didn't even look at it. The first, uh, sorry, that was the second of the first 2018. And my wife is going through my invoicing software, uh, just seeing like what, you know, because we need to have invoices and she kind of helped me with that. And she's in the living room and I'm just fixing myself something to it in the, um, in the kitchen. And she's like, Sagi, you better come here. I think there's like a bug with your software or something. I'm like, why? Well, it says you made over 100K Israeli shekels in December. And I just, I grabbed, I remember just like snatched the, the check off my fridge and I ran to her with the check and I'm putting the check up in front of the screen and I'm looking at it and I'm like, holy shit. I, I haven't looked at this check like since I put it there basically. And it's like, and it just said I made like 100, like 100K, 800, something like that. I was like, just, just the right 100K Israeli shekels. And that was just six months after I wrote that, just, you know, started that vision. And, um, and that was the first part. When that happened, I said two things. One, now this means I got to achieve the other two things that I wrote down. Um, and I started the community. And the community back then was called Mindful and Ruthless. Just because getting Calvin to the coach in the first time, 
I had to be mindful of my time and mindful of what other people are saying, but ruthless with my gut feeling. And I wasn't. The second time around, I was ruthless with my gut feeling. So Mindful and Ruthless was the name of the, com- of the community. Right now, it's called Commit First, and you were on the podcast. Um, but Mindful and Ruthless is a business name still, Mindful and Ruthless LTD. So, um, and, um, so I, I created the community. And I also flew out. I treated myself for this uh, as, as a gift. I treated myself with a flight to, uh, to some conference in the U.S. One of them was Social Media Marketing World. I flew out to a 10X conference by Grant Cardone. It was amazing in Las Vegas. Then we drove to San Diego. Kelvin met me at Las Vegas. And then we drove together to San Diego for Social Media Marketing World. And we we're just there. And uh, I knew Pat Flynn was, was going to be there. So I guess subconsciously, I was saying, I'm going to be there no matter what, just to shake his hand in the hallway. Um, because it was one of the names on my, on my paper. And uh, so Pat Flynn was um, like, I said, if I just shake his hand in the hallway, that would be enough for me for now. In my mind, again, on this podcast, he doesn't know me. I'm still an anonymous entrepreneur from Israel. And he's like this big shot I'm following for a couple of years, right? With millions, like a seven-figure millionaire, like, like walking around a celeb. At the night that we got there, um, we got word that um, Pat Flynn is throwing a meetup at WeWork San Diego, downtown San Diego, night before the conference. And I said, I got to be there. But there was no tickets. Uh, so um, lo and behold, as soon as I say I got to be there, no matter the tickets, a pop-up, a, a notification appeared on my Facebook of someone that I just know in the, in the group that of the volunteers in social media marketing world that said, I'm on jet lag. Who wants my ticket to the meetup? <laughs> I grab that. I answer him. He gives me the ticket. I go that night to WeWork in San Diego, uh, downtown San Diego. Um, now imagine yourself. Like, I'm just, like, imagine, imagine the scenario. Like I'm just an Israeli, kind of like, it was a long time before I've been in the U.S. before that. Um, I just like flew on my own dime, just walking the streets of San Diego, just feeling the big America. I kind of just like enjoying myself to work, walking my way, walking my way up to the, the meetup with Pat Flynn, which is someone I've followed for years in my ears as a podcast. It's for years. And, um, and I just got to there. It was crazy packed. And I see a line. So I just start, I just start counting the people. Like I just like, follow the people. Okay, uh, wow, that's a long line. I'm just like following with, with my eyes, just trying to see where the line ends. I'm just walking, like just following the line. Okay, 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 okay. And then at the end of the line, I see Pat Flynn, Pat Flynn, Pat Flynn. I'm just like going crazy. Like, whoa. Um, and I'm like, okay, okay, I got to get in line. But then I see another line. I'm like, what is, where does this line go? So I'm just like, I'm starting to follow the line again. I'm like, okay, just following the line, following, following, following. And then at the end of the line, lo and behold, JLD, John Lee Dumas is standing in the same freaking space with Pat Flynn, the two names that were on my list in the same space. Like what are the odds? Just about seven months after I wrote those two names on, on a piece of paper. And um, so if that's not manifestation, you know, I don't, I, I really don't know what is, you know, and I was just standing there. I'm like, this can't be real. But I was still standing in a half an hour line to just to talk to Pat. Um, and what happened was I, I reached out, I, I got to Pat and we can talk about how I did it, but I connected with Pat. And, uh, and, and the, the short story is, and I probably bad storytelling but we got to keep it you know like i that would be another whole story but um 
um, I got connected with Pat and JLD that same night. And two weeks later, I got accepted to Pat Flynn's mastermind um, as the only person out of the US. 12 people only from his whole entire thousands of hundreds of thousands um, of, of followers on his list. 12 people were accepted to this mastermind. I was one of them. And, um, and also besides that, um, JLD reached out, followed up, and uh, I started designing his homepage. And so Jeldy's homepage, it's like my design, the, the top part of the homepage. Um, and, um, and that was like huge, right? Like, and, and the first thing that happened when I closed the mastermind, uh, Pat was like, listen, man, I got to get your story on our, on our podcast. So let's book it right now. And we booked it. So again, that was like, I guess, eight months after I wrote it down on a piece of paper. <laughs> but eight months later, I was booked on being on SPI. Um, that episode happened only, I think, in July or something like that, if I remember correctly, like that, 2018. But I was booked. And that was what I wrote on a piece of paper. I wanted to be booked on the podcast. Not specifically already been appeared on the podcast, but booked. Um, so miracles can happen. You know, attraction, law of attraction is a real thing. Manifestation works. Um, there are techniques to get there. We can talk about that for sure. Um, the journey is not easy. I might just, I, I left a lot of details about the raw, painful nights and, and days and, and um, sacrifices that I had to make along the way. But the sacrifice was definitely not my family. I actually had more time with my family and my kids. And, uh, and the sacrifice was not sleep hours. So I say, you know, it's real and you can make it work. That's amazing. I, I mean, when I was probably in my 20s, I was uh, watching and reading about The Secret, right? Lisa right. Nichols. Actually, a couple of years ago, I went to an event. Lisa Nichols was there as powerful. Nice. I mean, I was always in sales. So for me, it was all about the vision board. It's all about goal setting. It's all about like really holding yourself accountable and making growth action, right? Yeah. yeah. So I love that story. I love how you've actually made it a point to explain it, storytell it, and get to a, a point in your life where you're like proud, right? Like you feel you have made a difference in people's lives. So question, and out of curiosity, so I know now that you know Pat and you've been on Jade LD's yeah. Entrepreneurial Fire, right? was that a big pivotal point in your business where you were then broadcast on their podcast with thousands of listeners did that make a difference into your community and your story? Like, did you find that there were a lot yeah. of followers suddenly gravitating towards you? Uh, like, what difference did yeah. it make? Was it more psychological or was it actually impactful in terms of your business? It was impactful 100%. I mean, um, that year I launched my first mastermind. Um, I brought in like an, an exactly kind of like, like I, wrote, I wrote it in my vision that I'm not just going to open a community for the sake of community. I'm going to help. I'm going to open a community to help un other entrepreneurs build their vision and succeed and crush it in their lives. And so what I did is I launched a mastermind. I had 10 people in for, for a year long mastermind. Um, and uh, it was just amazing. Um, some of those people kept working with me later as one-on-one. -on -one. Um, but uh, yeah, but so that already launched off the back of that podcast single podcast episode um i prepared a lot in order for that to make it happen um i actually even prepared a plan b which was a design course i actually on pat's episode also mentioned oh by the way i have a design course for any like designers out there and that also got like a nice uh launch on the design course uh but it, not so major i mean i wouldn't say like you know i don't remember exactly the numbers i guess less than 10k for that launch not something major but the mastermind was a big thing for me also numbers wise also um, and, and the thing about the mass that like Pat's episode, 
first of all, it was it went really well because that story resonates with people. I know it resonates with people. I mean, because I knew it would, would have resonated with me when I was back then in my situation. And um, it gives it gave so much inspiration to people that um, it became the top one of the top three episodes of 2018 for Pat. Um, I saw it actually in the numbers on iTunes later. And then after that, I um, um, I had people like someone asked for a selfie in a conference in in uh, in Florida. <laughs> like, are you the guy on Pat's name? Like. Yes. Can I have a selfie? I'm like, holy shit. Like that, that's how much, you know, impact it has. Another, another person in, uh, in, a, in a mastermind I, I was a part of, I'm still part of in uh, London by Chris Tucker, uh, Upreneur. And we just, we, I was in London in the mastermind event. And that evening we went to, uh, we went to a dinner, the whole like mastermind. And, um, and I was just sitting next to someone and like, and we're just exchanging, like, what do you do? What do you do? And I'm like, wait a second, man. Like you were the guy in Pat Flynn's SPI, man, you gave me so much inspiration. You know, it's one of the reasons that I'm here now sitting at the table with you. Like, and, and that was, you know, that was a huge, huge, huge thing. And, uh, and so it got me a lot of attention back then, a lot of podcast interviews, a lot of, um, a lot of buzz that, that was huge and for my community i can't say it blew it up to the to the to the masses it, it, but it's still like in about a few weeks i had about two thousand people join my facebook group back then so two thousand people is a lot of people like and everybody already heard my story and was there with because they wanted to to get more of me so i can say yes being on those kind of podcasts is huge and i can say um and share that on jld's podcast um which was a few years later I actually shared because I have a few businesses. So I kind of like went for the, uh, for the UI UX design agency one complete mistake. I would never do that again. Um, and because one, this business is already like going great. I, I'm not, I don't have to get on podcast to promote that business. And also I, it's not inspirational. It's just, so I get some tips for getting better conversion on your website. That's what I did on GLD's episode. It wasn't telling my story. It was just like kind of like being practical, giving like nice tips for raising your conversion by design. So yeah, it got me some people that are interested in all my design courses and stuff like that. But it was not even close in magnitude to what was on Pat Flynn's episode when I just shared my just shared my uh, my story. You know, so I think inspiration is big, and that's my real passion. Like my real passion is like helping other entrepreneurs, you know, crush it like that, to give inspiration, to let people know, you know, everybody's listening right now to the show, to let people know it's possible. It's possible to manifest anything into your life. Just, you need a vision. Like, do you have a vision? Do you have, do you have clarity of what you want to get? Um, and I know you and I kind of talked about it as well, just after our podcast episode. And I, we actually talked about where I lack clarity at the moment. Um, and and kind of, you know, we talked about that as well. Um, so that, so yeah, I, I, I love the fact that you're at least, I, I think you gave some great tips on being a podcast, uh, you know, being a guest on podcasts, be yourself, right? Be vulnerable, but right. storytell. And that's so mm -hmm. big versus trying to sell, right? People can tell if you're right. in it for that pitch, right? But yeah. if you're there to really let people in about who you are, because it's a more of a long-term play, right? It's more right. about letting people in about what you do great yeah. but how did you get to where you are that's more important and what right. drives you what's your desire to win what can you yeah. help other people with and if that's inspiring and it touches others they will gravitate towards you or not right and i love that because that's what yeah. i've been in sales we learn a lot about this in order to make that small ticket or large ticket item you have yeah. to play with people's emotions 
And Definitely. for you, you have to be vulnerable too. You have to let it all out and let people know like they yeah. are the focal point and understand what their audience wants. Definitely. I, 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 I so agree. And I think I, selling, either selling you know, yourself or a concept or anything like that, it's all about storytelling. And I, I see it as part of sales. Like if you want to do, if you have a business, you got to sell. Like, you know, your business will live or die by itself. And storytelling is a huge, huge part of it. Like, so um, just a big tip to anyone out there, right? Like involve it in your, if you have a pitch deck or, you know, you're selling to potential clients. Obviously we used to just talk about what we did and this, this is the way we work and everything like that. Just add a personal story for each chapter heading in your, in your sales pitch. And you'll see how much of a difference that makes. Totally. Conversion rates. People yeah. want to connect with people like them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they, they feel like you're being, uh, you know, just vulnerable and being authentic, yeah. right? Because they, you can't lie about your story, your journey, right? So right. be vulnerable. Right. Let people in on it. They, yeah. They'll probably gravitate towards like either liking you or not, right? right. And it's, it's okay because at least you're going to attract the right type of tribe. People that exactly. actually connect and understand what you're going through. So I love yeah, that. Um, definitely. Couple questions here. Sure. So are you still um, with Calvin in terms of mentorship? Oh, no, I mean, Calvin, like we haven't worked like as a coach for, for years, but we're just now really good friends. Like um, I kept in touch with Calvin, like um, I'm, I'm, we're actually like really helping each other out. Like I'm just on phone calls, he's, he's one of my, I, I, I can't say really best friends because we don't see each other, you know, but he's one of the best friends, you know, it's just one of the people, few people in the world that when I have a bad day, I call up like really. And, and the same for him. Like he calls me as well. Uh, we, we hold each other accountable. Um, I can say that, you know, in the past couple of years I, I've generated, you know, I, I built a very nice business. Um, so basically I kind of in, in a way kind of cut up um, to, to be credible, to be able to also like, you know, maybe give some advice to Kelvin back and stuff, but, um, but it's, Kelvin is just amazing. His book is amazing. Um, and, and he's still a mentor to me. So I see him like as a friend, as an, as a mentor, I, you know, it's kind of like, but he's like, he's, he's a real friend. I think that's the most important thing. Like when I have a hard day, I can call him and we, I, I can talk openly with him. And that's so important as a, as an entrepreneur <laughs> for all the listeners, yeah. you have to understand you are lonely when you're doing it all by yourself. You need people that, understand perspective what you're going through not just on a mental state relationship state lifestyle state you need to understand what's going on in your life and you have to be letting people in on it and the more people that trust you that you trust others then you're going to be more vulnerable and this is all about relationship building that's one of my biggest key foundations on not just building a business and being successful it's all about life right like right right surround yourself with probably your friends and family the most close tie but your business circle of right. influence which is coaches mentors or communities or your clients staff any of those you need a good handful of them that trust yeah. you inside out and gut wise you can throw ideas and bounce it off and they'll be honest with you and they'll right. give you their perspective and you either use it or not, but at least you can trust that they're going to give you honest feedback without trying to sell you something. Mm -hmm. 
I, I, I so much agree, man. Like, and, and if you, any of you listening to this have read Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, um, he talks, he, you know, exposes the mastermind concept and everything like that. And I can say um, just a few things about masterminds. One is masterminds are a thing that you can form with friends, you know, obviously, um, and have friends that hold you accountable and, and network in order to find those friends that are at the same level as you. I always say network with people at the same level of you, network with people that are a few steps above you and network with people that are a few steps below you to help them out. And um, in that way, it's kind of karma. And the people that are in your level, more or less, you guys can hold each other accountable. Like I'm not going to call up Pat when I have a bad day. I just can't, right? I can't reach him like that. He's, he's, he was, he's still kind of like my mentor. Like I've been a year with him. Like he really helped me in my business. And, 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 you know, if we meet, like we have that hug and love, obviously, but, you know, like as a mentor, he's, he, Pat Flynn is not a friend that I can say, um, you know, is, is someone I call up on a bad day. I can't. This guy's too, out, like a few steps ahead of me. He's out of my league, really. Like, that's what I feel. Um, um, and, and that's, I, I, some people say, but Sagi, you're both like human beings. Like, but yeah, there's an evolution of an entrepreneur. Like there's a, he has a completely different mindset. If I come to Pat with my problems, that's problems he passed years ago. He doesn't have a circle like that. I can't give him any value at all. Like he passed my stage. And, um, and therefore you need people on your level that have your problems that have your same level of like problems. And usually it's also around the, the, um, how much they make and you make and stuff like that. Like, or, or are you guys in the same game, same values? Um, and, um, so you have to always keep a networking in order to find those people. Second thing is masterminds can be formed with those people. And so I have a, a few people here in Israel, which are also entrepreneurs, content creators, and kind of like me, also on the same level of income and everything like that. Um, all are doing different things, but we're kind of like, we can bounce each other, like ideas off each other. So what we do is every, every couple of months, we meet for like almost a day, a full day of work. Um, and we, and we, net, we mastermind, we break each other's businesses apart. That's invaluable. Like, that's amazing. Those are guys, those guys are friends. We also meet for dinner sometimes, just, you know, not to mastermind, but, but we, we, we are friends, but we also are a, kind of like a mastermind. So you guys can form different masterminds of, of like with friends. And this, and the third thing is, um, and that way, John, like you can speak your, your, um, I know you have kind of like a different take on it, but, um, but there's the masterminds that you pay a lot of money to. Um, and those are masterminds of people that you just, you know, like pass playing, like I paid a lot of money to be in that mastermind and I paid since then for other masterminds. And th that way you connect with people that are in the mastermind that are at your level. That's a great way to connect with those people. And also with people like, um, like Pat or anything like that, that you want to get, you know, on their radar or close to them and learn from them more closely. That's a way to buy into their attention because obviously, you know, you have no other way to do that. Um, so for me, you know, rubbing shoulder, shoulders with Pat, being in a, in a villa in San Diego for like two days, just like completely breaking each other's businesses apart and Pat giving like mentorship and I just us going to dinner together and, and actually eating together in the villa like a couple times a day like, and, and just talking, like rubbing shoulders with these kind of people, that's priceless sometimes. Um, I can say I learned so much from him about his mindset mostly and about how he takes things. Um, and, and getting to know those people are just, you know, also invaluable. So yeah, it costs a lot of money, but still it's, a, I think it's a good investment. So sometimes you also, not sometimes, I think always kind of like you got to invest in the, in your personal development in that way as well. Yeah. And I totally agree. Like depending on where you're at with your business, like you got to mm -hmm. figure out 
what fits your business and lifestyle and what you want to do with it. You either go full on throttle and grow and learn how to do it properly, the right way to shrink time, pay for it, get the right expertise, people that have done it before you honestly trust and or you try to figure out yourself. There's a lot of books, blogs, videos, all these other things, communities even, but people want to shrink time typically especially right. in the growth phase, right? But yeah. I would say it all depends on your lifestyle, situation, where you're coming from, like a lot of yeah. factors and you have to have perspective in everything. But mm-hmm. enjoy the ride, right? Like have yeah. fun along the way. I'm always smiling because... Yeah, that's what I love about you, man. Like you're always, always smiling. That's, that's so amazing. I, I I love that about you. Like you, well, you just, it's, yeah. It's short. Life is short, right? And yeah. if you don't, like you mentioned, you don't wake up like it's your perfect day every day mm-hmm. like you know i i feel i'm so grateful to be living in western society like we're right. already <laughs> that fraction of five percent of the world live in western hemisphere or western cultures right yeah yeah that is already being grateful and then having food yeah. and shelter that is like foundation and then everything else having choice how many yeah. people have choice that right. is already Crazy. like I, I look at that and I'm like, wow, you know, it's incredible <laughs> what I have and what I, you know, other people, if I can help other people, that's amazing. Right. Right. Um, yeah. A couple questions, Seggy. So, sure. you know, you mentioned, you know, your journey and whatnot. Can you maybe give some advice on some of the biggest mistakes or problems mm. that you encountered in the last couple of years since you've kind of started yeah. your new, you know, yeah. endeavors? Great question. Um, yeah. So, ah, uh, wow. I had, I had a huge downfall in 2019. Um, so a couple of things first, when you have a vision and you work with manifestation, just be, be real because I mean, just be aware that whatever you ask for, you know, it's kind of like there's a genie out there saying your wishes might come in and your wishes can sometimes not take into consideration other parts of your life and business that, can be a problem if you, um, so what I had is I wanted to launch something in 2019, beginning in 2019. And I, um, uh, I, I planned by the end of 2018 to leave all my design clients, like everything that kind of gave me some like extra cash flow because I said I have the mastermind, it's good enough, you know, and if I, and, and I can always launch another, like I get another client if I want a design client and, and um, I already have my courses running, online courses in Pixel Perfect. Um, and I launched a couple of successful ones in 2019 and like, like I was on a roll. Um, so I had a vision to, uh, to have left all my clients by 2011, by, by, sorry, by December, 2018. So what, what happened was, is like life just gave me those clients lose, like me losing those clients. It's not that I had a choice about it. Just like one startup that I worked with. Um, they didn't get the, the extra funding round they wanted to. So they, they stopped their activity. That was like my biggest time. So it's like, okay, goodbye. And then like uh, there was another client that it just things didn't work out. They, um, they hired the designer that I put in them. Like they just, they went behind my back and hired her um, instead of like going through me, um, which was kind of like an nasty move, but you know, whatever it's business. So, um, so what happened was, um, I would find myself with no clients at the end of 2018. 
So I was like, okay, well, you know, it might not happen the way I want it to, but it happened. So I'm with no clients right now. The only thing I have in my mastermind. Um, and I don't have time to launch any, any courses in Pixel Perfect right now, my Israeli blog, because I'm working on this next launch in 2019. And, um, and I worked on this launch of, of some kind of program I had in mind. Um, but you know what? Like, I was not a right face to launch that program. It wasn't fitting. The, the offer wasn't there 100%. Um, it was a hybrid kind of program involving coaching and online course. And it was too out there. Like it wasn't really like the best thing that I could do, you know? Um, and in February, I tried launching it. Uh, I did a webinar to launch it. The people that showed it to the webinar were okay, but you know, nobody buy it. Like I had like 200 people on the webinar, not even one person purchased. I was like, what? Like not even one, not even one. Um, and the follow-up of that webinar, one person purchased. So I'm like, okay, at least one person purchased, fine. Then I had, I said, okay, next week I'm going to do another webinar. I'm going to make the webinar better. I'm going to launch it again. Next week I'm doing the webinar. I changed the offer just a bit. Nobody's buying. Nobody, not even one person. I'm like, holy shit. Like I'm in February right now. All of my expenses now, which I didn't actually even, I didn't kind of, plan on it I, I didn't plan on failing you know and what happened was i was again finding myself in the freaking red my expenses were already about 30k a month in my business and my um so when you, when you grow your business to bigger numbers your expenses rise as well and so but my my income was not enough my income was not like at the level that i needed to be so i found myself in the red again um about crazy in the red and also that month before just maybe because i wasn't giving it enough attention i had a couple of people from my mastermind drop and um and so i lost about a couple of people from my mastermind and none of my clients didn't launch anything in pixel perfect um <clears throat> and so i just completely was just in the red again and i was like oh my god <laughs> now it's like completely different sums of money it's in my company. It's not my personal account, but hey, this is an amazingly crazy amount of, of, of expenses that I have to cover now. And I got to make that next expenses next month. How am I going to do that? I don't have anything to launch. And I, I can launch another course on Pixel Perfect. I was like, okay, maybe I'll do that. And so I planned on doing that, but I was just like completely like, I'm saying level of, I had a kind of like mini depression back then. I was like, it can't be happening all over again, you know, and I, I lost all my confidence. I was like, I can't, like, I never failed at launching something, an online course, you know, like, and all of a sudden I completely flopped. And I was like, what if I fail now in my next course? Like I try, I work another month for this launch. I work my ass off and then I launch and then nothing happened. Crickets again. What will happen? Um, I'm, I'm going to go, like, I can't go even more in the red than that. That means I'm bankrupt. Like this is crazy bad. Um, and although all, all throughout this, like every week I had the call with my mastermind and I have to coach people. I'm like, I'm in the worst possible state as an entrepreneur right now. And I'm coaching people on how to crush it. I felt so fake again. I felt again, like a failure, you know, like all these feelings came back to me back then. I had another business coach, um, that helped me. And, um, and he just told me like, so you get to launch something. And this is, this is the lesson. So like, a lot of stories, but this is the lesson right here. So he told me, Sagi, like no matter what, whatever you want to launch, just decide on it, commit to it. You're already good with that. But just detach yourself from the results. And I'm like, huh, like 
how how the f am i going to i, I really like it so like, how, how am i supposed to detach myself from the results man i just had a complete flop i have no self-confidence right now i don't know how to like I, if i launch this thing i was so confident i'm going to launch and crush it right now and it completely flopped on me how am i going to actually know that or to have the confidence to launch and detach myself from the results those results are going to be if i go bankrupt or actually like continue my business and he's like well, you're in enough trouble already. Just detach yourself from the results, man. Just launch, do your best work. Um, and, and, and that's what I did. I, I focused all my energy on not detaching to any results. And I just did my best to focus on my actions. And, um, and I launched another program. Funny enough, it was a program for uh, Israeli designers to elevate their income and, and get more, more, uh, more money, uh, where I said, this is the first time I'm actually going to have like an Israeli program teaching about the vision method and everything like that. Um, and that completely killed it. I killed it with this launch. I saved my business. Um, and, um, and I remember just saying afterwards, I'm like, I'm so happy I detached from the results because the results only brought me stress. Right. And then, um, that's your goals, right? It's always financial people always looking at like revenue sales power, but if you actually do things for value add, right. You listen to your audience member, you look at, listen to your community, you listen to the people who resonate with you, who are reading your blogs, and you ask them exactly what is it that you need now? What is it that you want? Listen, ask, deliver, <laughs> right? It's right. sales, right. one-on-one, but when you're in it, it's so stressful. I get it. Right, right. I mean, yeah. And um, it was also kind of like the first time I'm not teaching about design, but more kind of like a mentorship for designers. And in Israel, I didn't know how people would accept that and everything. Um, but yeah, but I, that, that same, in 2019, in September, I think it was, Tony Robbins came to Israel. And Tony Robbins showed a graph of how people work, like, and it's not accurate, but it, it's where it's all connected to me. Uh, it, it, it's there, right then and there. And uh, in September, when I was at this event, I just remember just saying, oh my God, like I'm, I'm going back to March that year when I launched that program and detached myself from that all connected. So what he showed is a graph and this is not a video, right? This is a, this, what we're doing right now is only audio, right? Um, video and audio. Video and audio. Okay. So I'm going to draw it out for the video and I'm going to, I'm just going to, if you're on an audio, I will describe what I'm drawing. Okay. So, and I'm going to, I'm going to give it like this. So what we have at the end of the day, if we're looking at what we want to achieve and everything, obviously it's the results, right? So I'm going to draw a square. I'm taking a piece of paper, an A4 paper, and on the bottom right, I'm drawing a square and I'm writing down results in it. Now, do this with me, everyone. What I'm doing now is I'm drawing another square connected to the results right above it. I'm going to show it here. I'm going to switch my camera for a second. So it's a camera that doesn't have an autofocus. You can, you can see it. Okay, cool. See the results? Yeah. Okay. The results come from what? All your actions. Exactly. All right. So I'm writing now in that connected uh, square actions. So what we have and we understand now is that our actions drive our results, right? That's the connection. It's like a you know, just very, very easy example. So imagine now two squares being connected by line. One says actions, the other one says results. Now, what drives our actions? So now I'm drawing another square, connecting it to the square that says actions. And in that square right now, what should we write? What creates our actions? 
um, mindset, a lot of um, strategy, a lot of, you know. Yes, ambitions. Ambitions, yeah. Right, so it's kind of like the mindset and strategy kind of like together, right? It's ambitions. Um, so, ambitions. Some can say goals, some can say your vision, right? So ambitions. So right now we have a square that says ambitions that's connected to a square that says actions that connected to a square that says results. So we know that our ambitions drive our actions. We know that our actions drive our results. Now, the thing about it is this. The funny thing about it is this. Our results, whatever happens, right? We want to get on a bike. We want to ride a bike. Um, we just talked about it before. Uh, so we, uh, we want to ride a bike and, um, and, and we just... Um, so we get on a bike, right? That's, so we have the ambition to ride a bike with no uh, help wheels. And then we uh, get on the bike and we start riding. That, that's the action, right? And then we can either succeed or fail. That would be the result, right? So that connects and ties in. And now I'm drawing another square from results. That connects right directly to, what do you say, John? Um, the goal. Our yeah. results connect to our uh, self-esteem. Self-esteem, okay. <laughs> self-esteem, right? Yeah. So I'm writing it down, self-esteem. So what we have is this. We have our ambitions. Our ambitions drive our actions. We have our actions. Our actions drive our results. We have our results. Those derive our self-esteem. And the self-esteem links back directly to our ambitions. It's a closed loop. Closed loop. What we have right now is a closed loop, everyone. It's one square saying ambitions connected to a square that says actions connected to a square that says results connected to a square that says self-esteem connecting back to the first square that says ambitions. It's a closed loop. And what we understand is this. Most people in life have poor ambitions. By that, they have poor actions. By that, they have poor results, even poorer than their actions. And by that, they have poor self-esteem connecting back and lowering their ambitions to even achieve anything next time. Um, and most people we understand, and some people are very successful. They have high ambitions. They take a, a massive amount of action and they have amazing results. And then they get a high self-esteem connecting back to higher their ambitions. So what we understand from this is nobody is actually in a plateau and everybody's either on their way down or on their way up with the self-confidence in life. And, um, and, the funny thing is this, so if this is a closed loop and everybody's on it and everybody's on a way up or on a way down, what happened to me in 2019 was I was on a roll. I had very high ambitions and I had a very a massive amount of action and I took a massive amount of action and then I launched my thing, but it flopped. I really didn't get any results, bad results. So that connected that that, you know, even if I had low ambitions, had low actions, and then had low results, at least I wouldn't have really hurt my self-confidence. But that really blew my self-confidence away because I was in a positive loop, like going back and forth on a positive loop, crushing it again and again and again since mid-2017 with my vision, meeting Pat Flynn, getting a mastermind, building my business, six figures, like multiple six figures, da, 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 everything was great. And then all of a sudden, boom, my results blew up in my face for reasons that I cannot understand, at least back then. And what happened was my self-esteem got crushed. And so basically what my coach said is, Sagi, just, you know, just detach yourself from the results. And I was like, well, I, I, 
how can I do that? It's so tied into my, to my, to my thing here, <laughs> to my life. Um, but that was, that's what Tony Robbins was drawing this, this square. And when he was drawing it, I was like, holy shit, I get it now. And that's what my coach asked me to do. And my coach, by the way, um, back then was called Mark Bowness. He's also like, I should definitely plug him in as well. He's an amazing fellow. Um, and um, he's from Australia. So what I did is right now I'm doing, I'm just killing the, the, the lines between results and, uh, and everything around them, right? I'm just like, I scratched those lines and I'm creating a short loop between, and between, my, um, between my actions and my self-esteem. So what we have now is a short loop. And that's the way to create real entrepreneurial success. So what we have is this. We have a square saying ambitions connected to a square that says actions connected to a square, which doesn't say results. It says self-esteem and self-esteem is connected back to your ambitions. And that way, if you derive all your self-esteem from your actions, the things that you can control, right? Because you can't control the results. Results may or may not happen. COVID hit. COVID, you know, killed out of businesses. So if we derive our self-esteem from our results, we would be on a very, like some way or another, we're going to get hit. But if we don't, if we derive all our self-esteem from our actions, we are on a roll that cannot be breakable. We are unbreakable. And that's the lesson I learned in 2019. Follow me since then. Now I have it in my methodology. This is, this is graph is in my mind forever. That's amazing, Segi. I, I love that. And I love Tony Robbins, I met him a couple of times in a lot of these conferences. And I think, you know, these are the things that resonate with a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs because they are going through this rat circle and this spinning race of, yes, they're absorbing a lot of content, they're reading, they're doing, they're growing, but they're frustrated because nothing seems to be happening. It's not moving the needle. You know, you're not getting 10, 20, 100, 50, 100, whatever, likes, shares, <laughs> revenue. And so yeah. you feel like, what am I doing wrong? You're doubting right. yourself. You start right. questioning all the actions that you're taking. And But the key, and I learned this in sales, is you got to keep that momentum. You got to have good habits ingrained. And perspective is everything. As yeah. long as you continue with different Past, different actions, trying different things, pivoting, growing, you know, and it's okay, you're going to fail, but eventually things are going to happen and ripen and fruits will win at the end of the day, but you got to stay positive. And that's why I'm always smiling because <laughs> I know the importance of continuous action, continuous yeah. growth. And yeah. yes, re- revenue and target has no metric in my world. Eventually yeah. it will things will happen. But if yeah. you continue staying the course, it's going to keep you happy. And that's the most important thing, like mm, progress and happiness and joy. That's, that's business ownership. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I love that. Um, and I am, I think, yeah, just, it's, it's a, such a, it's a huge thing. Like, just remember your happiness is the most important thing. Um, complete other episode to talk about happiness and how the mind perceives happiness. Right. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm just, uh, John, thank you so much for, for having me here. And, um, and yeah, also- final, yeah, final thoughts. Um, I know we're near the end. I just wanted to ask you, how do some of the listeners get a hold of you, reach out to you? Is there a website? Um, you know, sure. sharing that. Thank you. 
Sure, sure. Thanks so much. Um, and um, so first of all, everybody, we talked about storytelling. I just know that I wanted to plug that in. I didn't expect to say it, but uh, if you DM me on Instagram and you can find me at Sagi Schreiber on Instagram, it's uh, S-A-G-I and then S-H-R-I-E-B-E-R, Sagi Schreiber. Um, you just search for me and, and you'll probably find me. Um, and um, yeah, you send me a DM saying storytelling and I will send you um, a, a podcast episode where I talk about storytelling, the, actually creating your story, just breaking down what's your story and how to tell it. So that's completely free, like on me, just, you know, enjoy. Um, second thing is, if you want the vision, you can DM me on Instagram vision, and I'll send you the exact spreadsheet tool, the framework that I use up until today to create my vision. Um, a six-month vision. And that's, you know, again, not connected to any funnel or anything. I'm just actually going to send you the actual tool that I used, a link to a spreadsheet that you can copy and work with by yourself. Um, <clears throat> so completely free, just send me the DM vision. Um, so those are the two things. And I just like, would love to connect with everybody also. Um, so on Instagram and on YouTube, uh, probably Clubhouse, but who knows how, how long Clubhouse is going to be here for. Uh, but I'm also on Clubhouse at Sagi Schreiber, at Sagi Schreiber on, um, on Instagram. And on YouTube, just search for Commit First or Sagi Schreiber. You'll probably find me. Um, and I also have a YouTube channel. So be sure to also, also check out the YouTube. Amazing, Sagi. I had a lot of fun having this conversation. John, thank you so much, man. Great insight. Storytelling was great. I loved it. I loved how you met, you know. Yeah. At the John Lee Dumas. I mean, your story is great. So thanks a lot, Saggy. I'm going to put you in thanks, the show John. notes. Um, and again, thanks for all the listeners who joined us today. Thank you for listening to our latest podcast. Please subscribe to Local SEO Today and tune in to our next episode.